0: Today is Monday, November the 30th. It's the Monday after Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you all had a good time. Uh, Hopefully you saw as much of your family as you could. Given the circumstances, hopefully you you didn't do any shopping at the mall. Hopefully you did most of it online. But This holiday season uh, always has me thinking about uh, those less fortunate, especially right now, and so today is uh, a conversation with somebody that I've been able to talk to before, but I'm bringing them to this show for the first time to speak about something uh, incredibly important, and we're doing so from the perspective of uh, one of the largest nonprofit organizations out there, and I'm happy to bring that to you. So without further ado, I'm going to jump us into today's Authentic Avenue. (laughs) feeding america the nation's largest domestic hunger relief organization today i'm speaking with their chief marketing and communications officer kathy davis kathy's responsible for leading a brand forward which feeds one in seven americans every single year and on this episode we talk about how the network which typically provides over four billion meals annually has had to adapt a bit this year with all the circumstances businesses all over the u.s have had to change their strategies and tactics this year as conditions change and feeding america is no different and I can think of few other organizations to feature especially during this holiday season with an authentic message to tell. One which is unfortunately ever present and while we haven't yet eradicated the problem of hunger in America this organization is doing a hell of a lot to help. I'm honored to share a little bit of that story here and also help to tell you how you can contribute to the cause. So sit back, relax, get in a donating mood and listen in as I get real with Feeding America and Kathy Davis. Especially this year so much has happened and I think that Outside of the political atmosphere and you know injustice and divisiveness of just a number of issues this year, there there, there are certain things that we can't overlook. And today, I've got on uh, somebody who who I personally know and who can who can teach us a little bit about that because it's changed the world of, of so many different things, but brought a lot of issues to light. Of course, I'm talking about Kathy Davis and Feeding America. Kathy, thank you much. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. It's been a little while since we last spoke. Matter of fact, about two years. Listeners, if you know me, um, before this specific venture started, uh, I was doing something else. And Kathy was one of the first interviews I did uh, specifically within this space. So it's a nice throwback, but it's also worth another chat because so much has changed even in those two years. To give some foundation, perhaps to reseat me and for folks who didn't hear that first interview, you were pretty big in the agency world and then chose Feeding America as your next player. Maybe they came calling. Would you mind enlightening us as to to how that path came to you?
1: Sure. So I spent the first 20 plus years of my career in the for-profit world. I worked for Diageo and Morgan Stanley. Um, I worked on McDonald's and, um, while I was on several nonprofit boards, because I thought it was really critically important to be able to give back. I hadn't really worked at a nonprofit. So I'd been on the make a wish of America board for six years and the Alvin Ailey American dance theater, both, which are very near and dear to my heart. But, but I hadn't actually been able to spend all of my time working on a cause that I fundamentally believed in. And about four years ago, um, One of my friends was working on the chief marketing and communication officer role for Feeding America, who I didn't quite honestly know all that much about. And she sent me the spec and I couldn't believe it. Um, I had no idea that at that point there were 40 million people in America who didn't have enough to eat and didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And I wanted to help. And I think most people don't have any idea the kinds of things that so many people are going through every day. And it's been a real privilege and a pleasure to be able to help um, try to solve this problem, although we are a long, long way away from that.
0: Mm. I remember one of the more striking things that I had noted in our first conversation was that such a huge number of people in America, which was crazy to me, especially, I mean, obviously, I know it's in the name of the, of the organization, suffer from this. You know, hunger is an issue. Right. I want to talk about that only because it was such a striking figure when we spoke in late 2018. I assume that that has only widened in 2020 with everything that has gone on. And I happen to know this, so I'm going to stoke the fire a little bit, <laughs> but that you and the team managed to, given this crisis, multiple concurrent crises, change your business model completely in about two weeks. And I want to learn about that because that seems awfully quick, good, given the issue at hand and how you attack it. But man, that must have been a whirlwind.
1: It was was a pretty tumultuous time. I mean, in March, things changed overnight and it became very clear given COVID-19 and all of the economic pain that people were suffering almost immediately, that there would be so many more people who are hungry. And in fact, that number went from 35 to over 50 million people now who don't have enough to eat um, in such a short period of time. That's, you know, and that includes one in every four kids, which is just unfathomable to me in the United States. So when COVID hit, it was, it was really kind of the perfect storm. We saw, first of all, this, this incredible devastation from an economic standpoint. And in fact, we had about 60 more pe- 60% more people coming to food banks um, because of it. At the same time, there were supply chain issues. Um, who knew that we would become so fixated on toilet paper, Right. Um, But shelf-stable foods were not available, so we were starting to see supply chain breaks. And many of our volunteers were 60-plus, and we certainly didn't want to put anyone in risk. So we needed to, to take a look at all those things. And in addition to that, we needed to adopt social distancing protocol. So we found that the absolute most efficient way to get food to people was to give them larger amounts of food, and to put predominantly shelf-stable food that would be easy to transport into boxes and put it in people's trunks so that they didn't have any real um, contact with the people they were getting their food from, which is very right. different than the way we used to do things um, for people.
0: 60%. I just can't. That's, that's even even given the goal, like it, not goal, even given the numbers that I heard before is crazy. Um, well,
1: and more, right. And re- it really depended on the market, but in places where there was like Las Vegas, where there was a really high rate of hospitality, it was closer to 70%. I mean, yeah. it was a massive undertaking and mm. we were so lucky to have all these incredible partners who jumped in immediately and started to help, um, people who donated more food to us. General Mills actually created lines that were exclusive to Feeding America so that we could get more food in the pipeline more quickly.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I want to ask about here as well, because, you know, when I think about how do you tell the story of how you are um, attacking this this uh, p- pandemic from a hunger perspective, you know, alongside the virus, it sounds like. I, you, there had to have been some great stories that were told or crafted or written that you saw develop in real time this year of of organizations or individuals who have pitched in and just gone over the top. I mean, those are great stories for Feeding America to tell, not, not only from here's how we're working with this, but also like here's, it's also a great way for you to, I'm sure, to forge partnerships, although that, and and help combat the problem even further. So do some of those stick out? Oh, let, me, let me hear a little bit more about General Mills, or are there a couple of others that come to mind?
1: Yeah, well, General Mills has, has always been one of our, our strongest partners and, and they have worked with us for such a long time. Um, we had more than 150 organizations who jumped in to help. So people like General Mills who, who actually produced, um, actually changed lines and, and got food out to the people that we serve through our food banks and our, our pantries. Morgan Stanley, who has been one of our long-term partners, and Shabani actually gave us their media time instead of running their own advertising and developed television spots with us and turned over social media channels. People like iHeartRadio organized fundraisers for us. NBC had Parks and Recreation do a reading, which was so fun. and donated all of those funds to Feeding America. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively not only donated, but helped to raise awareness. Everything from doing videos to thank our food bankers um, to being able uh, to use their social media channels. Oprah, Elton John, Steph and Aisha Curry. There were so many people that jumped in to help us um, because we absolutely couldn't have done it alone. We had 60% more people that we needed to feed and 40% of them had never been to a food bank
0: before. I mean, thats it's an incredible story when you consider all these names coming together and doing something um, because when, I'm sure the average listener listening to this right now, shoot, it's something I would probably think of. Think about this year, a moment in the movement for which celebrities organizations stood up and said something as terrible as the hunger crisis is it's probably not the first thing that people would have thought of i would have thought of okay well they probably would have said something or done something about racial injustice and that they've well, done the they fact did. that they've done both yeah
1: they've done both i mean truly this year i think people have really started to find their voices and the amount of generosity across the board um, has been pretty spectacular and and really pretty inspirational it's been nice to be able to be a part of it
0: so let me ask about this because now we are entering a period of the year which i i as I had remembered from our previous conversation was particularly of note when it came to hunger, and that is the holiday season right you know, not just because. It's getting colder out and conditions are rougher if you are, for example, on the street, but not everybody who's hungry is on the street. I know you know that. So now that that's coming up, it's I, I don't exactly know how you would put it. It's not like a would you call it like a busy period? I mean it certainly is, but what's on your mind right now to continue to have these stories told, these partners come in, these wonderful efforts being made? How, how do you keep the how do you keep the, the, the progress going? You know, right now?
1: Well, we're expecting that um, there's going to be a resurgence in the fall. Um, right. Somewhat driven by COVID, right? And we estimate that the total need for charitable food over the next year is going to be 17 billion pounds. Billion with a B? Billion with a B. And that pounds is in
0: weight of food. Oh my God.
1: Right. And that's over three times our network's um, typical annual distribution. Of five billion pounds, although it's considerably higher than that this year. So the need Wait, out let me, there.
0: Wait, let me let me read this again for the for the listeners. So sure. you're telling me 17 billion pounds of food for just the holiday season, or the entire year?
1: For the year, for the entire okay. year. Yeah. So,
0: so listeners, now you can go go back to earlier in this conversation and learn how <laughs> they flipped this business model in two weeks because this is some serious. This is, I'm sure you've. I mean, you're always looking to bring these numbers down. I'm my guess, but a tripling. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't even expect that.
1: No, we did not expect I mean, well, who expected COVID? No one expected. Well, sure. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, And our hope was, you know, it it took 10 years to recover from the last recession and we, but we had seen those numbers go down progressively, which is great. I mean, there would be nothing better than putting ourselves out of business, right? Like our food banks, our 200 food banks all over the United States would like nothing more than to not have people who are hungry, right? right? That's, That's our goal. And so to have it rise from 37 million to over 50 million in this short a period of time is just devastating. It's devastating for the people that's happening to. So we are doing everything we can um, to help meet that need. And we can't just do it with our partners um, alone. The federal government's incredibly important to that. The Supplemental Nutrition Act, called SNAP, um, is critically important to that. They distribute nine times more food than we do. And so allowing the people who need help to be able to access that program to buy food, particularly now, but always, um, is such a critical part of solving the issue of hunger in the United States.
0: I often, so on this show, and Kathy, you've been with me before, but not, mm-hmm. not in this context, I do a lot to help illuminate brands and leaders' journey to what their personal truth as a business is. It seems to me that you've just told me a lot of it. Of course, we we all know what Feeding America is doing now. We know how you've adapted to it this year, and we have that particularly striking phrase, which is, at your best, you'd be putting yourself out of business. Um. Do you mind if I ask you, like, what, what then, given the fact that you've been in this world, this nonprofit world, after coming over from for-profit, after spending so many years there, how that has evolved your definition of, of what it means for an organization to be operating authentically, or perhaps just of that word, authenticity? Would, would, you, would you humor me and sure. let me know that? Because I haven't been in the position that you're in, and very few people have.
1: Well, so I think, I think it's the same, right? I think to be authentic, you need to be really clear about who you are and what you stand for and who the audiences are that you can provide the most value for, right? And you talk about unique points of difference in a for-profit setting. Um, It's critically important. And I think editing and prioritizing is probably the most important thing you can do, right? It's what you choose not to do is just as important if not more important than what you choose to do. I think it's it's easier for people to be to kind of do a little bit of everything, but I fundamentally don't believe that works and I think that's why being really clear about who you are and what you stand for is so important.
0: So what you are and what you stand for now that of course we've just talked about this holiday season, but now, you know, we we're entering a 2021. Right. which is going to be, I, I guess, what's it might be a case of what's old is new. I'm not sure. We'll see how COVID resurges and we'll see what happens with the socioeconomic client, geopolitical climate in the U.S. Um, as you think about how a brand operates authentically, of course, and the shtick on this show is that there are infinite ways to get there and every brand has its own unique path and that some way that path finds its way onto authentic avenue. What are or what do you believe the avenues to accomplish this will be for you will it be through continued growth of those partnerships will it be of the big names will it be in the in the logistics how you do business that business model which is has adapted um what do you foresee assuming of course that although it's a goal you won't quite put yourself out of business yet but that this problem will hopefully diminish compared to 2020 next year
1: right so I think um, I think the things that we've been talking about a lot are how important it is to put your clients or the people that we serve, in, in our case, at the center of everything that we do. Um, getting more input on what's important to them, how we can better help them, how we can make sure that that we're delivering our services in a way that's most helpful to them, right? I mean... Some of them have two jobs. They face the same um, issues that everybody is facing during this pandemic, but they don't have as much money to deal with it, right? And they're making these incredibly tough choices about rent um, versus food versus something else that their family critically needs, right? So we need to understand what that is so that we can better serve them. So one of the things that we've been looking at um, expanding quickly is a, a product called Order Ahead, which lets people go online, order um, the groceries that they need, and then go pick them up and be in and out really quickly. If you've got two jobs, that's a really important thing to you. And in COVID, it's a win-win, right? Because you can get in and get out incredibly quickly. We One of the other things that's... Cr- Critically important to us is a focus on equity, diversity, and inclusion. We know that that, like so many other things, that people of color are disproportionately impacted by hunger, and so making sure that we are are there to help address that is critically important to us. And we've been doing a massive amount of work around that, and it's a journey. Um, and We want to amplify the voices of people of color and really um, be able to over over serve those communities that need it so much. And I think that really understanding the people that we serve and what's important to our donors is even more critical during a time of a pandemic.
0: Yep. Agreed. I want to, let me ask for this next question before I do my general roundup and I generally folks, as you know, and Kathy, as you'll know too, I, I round out these shows by asking for advice, but this just came to me as we've been talking about the ways in which Feeding America has been helped so much this year. Um, this audience, I'm grateful to have an audience which consists largely of brand builders, prospective founders, but marketing leaders and Uh, leaders who are quite senior at organizations that are quite large, Uh, by rough estimation, about half of them at organizations of 500-plus employees and about 60% of them either in director or VP level of CXO positions. People who could be large partners to Feeding America in the way that they have charity programs, philanthropy set up. And so, you know, I, I was wondering if you might be able to just quickly address those listeners who have potentially so much to give and and from whom you could benefit so dearly. What, what does this mean to you to have somebody extend a partnership to you and help you combat this problem jointly?
1: Yeah. Um, so there are so many different ways that you can help, right? Make a donation, um, whether that's food or funds, um, supporting your communities directly, Working with your individual food bank in their market, there are 200 food banks all over America, who I am so proud and inspired to be a part of every day. I mean, what they do in their communities is incredible, and and being able to support them, um, particularly during this time, but really always, I think is is critically important. People who is who are who is. who are healthy and, um, able to help can volunteer their time. Um, people can join the campaign to end hunger. We have so many different programs for partners. Um, and we try to make sure that, that people can help in a way that makes sense for them and their business. There's so many things, um, there's so many things that people can do. And we've had so many generous partners. Um, clearly we would love to have more and we're happy to work with, uh, anyone who would like to help.
0: Thank you for that. L- listeners just know that, you know, it's 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 something which is not sneakily, but like something you might not be aware of is, is just as large of an issue as it is in America. Um, hunger. And something that I know that Kathy is devoting her life right now to. And it's just a very powerful thing. And their efforts are greatly helped by yours. So, Kathy, let me round out here by asking you for some advice. Um, sure. I'm going to ask for some advice around that A-word because...
1: Authenticity? Is that the A-word authentic- today? <laughs> that's right. That,
0: yeah, the, yes, yes, okay. yes. Uh, which, which uh, you know, it's funny. Um, the only reason I called the A-word is because I was on with a, I was on with a CMO before. Who called it the A-word? And I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. At the time, I think it was considered more of a dirty word because everybody was trying to use it. Oh, authenticity is so important. <laughs> but nobody was really doing it. This was back in like, uh, weirdly enough, like a year ago when it was a lot more posturing and not so much action. Um, be that as it may, I want to ask about it because now you've seen both sides of the profit spectrum, uh, and are currently combating an issue which is of grave importance. Um there are people all over the place on this show and otherwise who aren't necessarily in that position, but who emulate the journey of a leader that cares and is truly helping society, benefiting communities, and seeking through that to figure out how to craft their own path to authenticity. And assuming that, of course, it's really a reflection of what you stand for and knowing what you are and knowing what you aren't, it's easy to maybe say if you've gone through that exercise, not everybody has. I'd be curious from you, from an advice perspective, which I guess is the other A word, how you might advise somebody to get started down that path of forging what is authentic to them.
1: Right. Well, I think people have been talking about it for years now, right? And. And a lot of people have gone through processes to really understand who they are and what they stand for. I think um, people have seen how important it is to their millennial workers that they have a clearly defined purpose and um, that they're living that purpose. We also know that 60 plus percent of people's customers want them to take a stand on social issues. And I think figuring out the issues that make sense for your individual business um, can start to happen pretty naturally if if you haven't had a chance to do that. But given the outpouring that we've seen this year, not only to us, but to so many other charitable do- organizations, I really think people are pretty far along on that journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I am encouraged when it comes to journeys to hear about how you have evolved through this year and to combat how unfortunately the U S has evolved in 2020 and learning more about how you are combating the issue, how folks are, are stepping up to the plate and they're taking a swing at this right alongside you yep. is, is important. And, and I, I hope, I just hope that it's somebody, if I had one person who listens to this show, decide either personally or on behalf of their organization, that they can help um, you know, I think that that'll be, that. I don't want to say a job well done for me, but a job well done by them. And so listeners, once again, I would encourage you to go and see how you can contribute. Um, as it relates to this show, learning more about authenticity, although I think we, we, we covered that partially, which is great. Um, but more just to tell your story, Kathy, for the second time now, thank you very much for joining me. It was wonderful to talk to you.
1: Thanks for letting me talk a little bit about hunger. It makes, would make a huge difference to be able to fix that. We really do want an America where no one is hungry.
0: The first time I heard about the issue of hunger in the US, it took me a while to let these numbers settle in, the tens of millions of people impacted every year. If you can, this holiday season, I would encourage you to help those millions through Helping Feeding America in some way. Thanks, Kathy. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into the show today. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate and review across all podcast directories. If you do so on Apple, I'll list them right here at the top of the show. And you can also find me elsewhere. I'm not just here on the mic. I'm also on LinkedIn, Adam Connor and Authentic Avenue. It's where I'm posting a lot of updates on the show. And I'm doing things in a little bit more informal capacity on TikTok at Authentic Adam as I build this show and a business alongside of it. And that means I got an email address, of course, which is more formal. You can use that. Adam at authentic get in touch say hello if you need help building a podcast i can do that i can do all sorts of stuff just write me this has been your host adam connor saying until i get real again with you thanks for taking a walk with me down authentic avenue